This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, we got tipped off recently about a, a situation in the southeast neighborhood of Dover that I wanted to explore in a little more detail. I think it raises a lot of questions. And one of those questions is, what would you do if this was going on in your neighborhood? Certainly we don't want people taking matters into their own hands. And in this kind of a situation, I think a lot of people would assume that, you know, police would stab in. Something would be done here. And this is a situation that's been going on since January. Now, our next guest will explain it in a little more detail because she's living this nightmare on an ongoing basis. Uh, but a few months ago, back in January, uh, some renters moved into a home after an older couple moved out. Those renters then allowed two other people, well, three actually, I believe, with a young daughter, to basically live on the property in their truck. Now, by the sounds of it, these people are dealing with some some serious drug addiction, and that's spilling over into the community. Their behavior is having an impact. Uh, It's frightening children who are playing at a a nearby play park. There have been some concern even about uh, guns that have been spotted. So, I mean, it all sounds really serious. I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing you think the police would, would intervene on. Now, by the way, we have reached out to, to the Calgary Police Service to get some, some explanation from them on how they've attempted to deal with this situation or why they feel maybe to some extent their hands are tied. Uh, we don't yet have a response from them. Uh, but I do want to, to bring to the program uh, one of the residents in this Do- Dover neighborhood that's kind of at her wit's end, and they're speaking out about this. Her name is uh, Jennifer Crowhurst. And she's on the line with us here this afternoon. Uh, Jenny, thanks here for joining us uh, today. We appreciate this. So, so tell us a bit more about how this whole mess got started. Um, so basically uh, what we're dealing with here is um, uh, a neighborhood where we've lived for eight years. We're homeowners. It's been a really nice family-oriented neighborhood. Uh, we've had zero crime on our street whatsoever. Uh, no broken windows, no break-ins, nothing like that. Um, the house next door was owned by uh, the perfect Italian couple, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, older couple. Uh, the lady, in fact, worked at my daughter's daycare. They were the most amazing neighbors you could ever ask for. Um, and they decided in their uh, you know, retirement years that they wanted to move back to Italy. I don't blame them. Uh, that's the thing that movies are made of. Um, they couldn't sell the house for what it was worth. Uh, after a few years, and uh, the house was turned over to their son, um, and he promptly started renting out the home. Um, we now have renters next door, um, so it's become a rental property, and their children, unfortunately, are uh, fentanyl addicts, uh, their daughter, and I don't know if son-in-law or boyfriend. Uh, they also have a small child. They have a three- to four-year-old little girl, and they uh, are homeless. They live in their truck, uh, which is owned by the parents. Uh, they don't own the truck. And this is part of the problem is the truck is registered to the parents at that home and uh, insured by them as well. Um, so they have basically, uh, these fentanyl addicts have taken up residence in their vehicle, um, both in the back alley of our, our home or in front of the home. Um, so whatever suits them at the time, I guess. Um, basically, we're dealing with, uh, you know, them coming and going at all hours of the day and night, uh, keeping people awake, um, loud music, garbage, uh, human waste, etc. 
Um, at one point, they even had uh, electrical cords running out to the vehicle. The vehicle is running morning, noon, and night. Um, there's been an overdose with these folks. Uh, they were parked right next to the kids' play park, which is located directly behind my home. Uh, this was in March, uh, in the middle of the day on a Tuesday afternoon. They were found by uh, neighbors of ours, um, their homeschoolers. And so she had her two small children, ages 8 and 10, with her. Um, they were unresponsive. Uh, 911 was called. Um, you know, and it's a regular basis to find them passed out in their vehicle. Uh, I have called the police when I've found the, the gentleman passed out behind the wheel of the vehicle uh, with the vehicle running. Um, he's drooling, unresponsive, passed out. Uh, the police claim there's nothing that they can do about this because they can't prove anything, regardless of the fact that I have close-up pictures of it. Um, you know, essentially the children in our neighborhood right now aren't safe. Myself, I have a 10-year-old daughter. Uh, she's on lockdown in our house. I don't want her outside of the home unless we're with her at all times. Um, uh, this past Wednesday, we had a full evacuation of the play park. Uh, my husband and I noticed um, the people in the truck were in the park and they were approaching children in the park. Uh, they had their child with them as well. Uh, next thing we saw as, as we moved out there to, you know, look closely at the, more closely at the situation, uh, all of the kids started scattering and screaming and running and jumping on their bikes, taking off. Um, ourselves and another parent came out immediately to see what was going on. Uh, we all called 911, all of us at the same time on our various phones. Um, what happened was they were high again and... Uh, were threatening one another to kill each other, screaming and swearing. Uh, they were also making threats of harm to their child as well, which terrified all of the children. I had two little girls that were so frightened and crying and shaking that I had to walk them home. Uh, police arrived on scene. Uh, they stayed for no more than five to ten minutes, um, spoke with these people and told us point blank that they meant no harm and that they were leaving for Nanton the following day. So that was just um, that was just last Wednesday that this happened. Yes, sir. You're, that's okay. correct. And, and well, I mean, have, did they leave? Have, have they been around? Uh, no, of course they returned. Um, this is their, their this is their money source uh, is the parents. So of course they returned. Um, they were back on uh, Saturday in the afternoon. Um, again, they were high, uh, barefoot, uh, stumbling around the front yard this time. Uh, and then a fight between the two of them ensued uh, in the vehicle, punching at each other, etc. Um, foul language, swearing, more threats, etc. Police were called and once again uh, basically refused to do anything. They state that there's nothing that they can do, uh, that what these people are doing is not illegal and um, that they understand that we're frustrated and to continue to contact the uh, neighborhood police liaison officer. Now, please understand that this has been occurring since January 27th. My first sighting of these folks was on January 27th. I pulled up in front of my home to find the gentleman standing uh, in front of this truck brandishing a 9mm handgun. So it's pretty scary to have directly outside of your home night and day. Um, we're at their mercy. Uh, we work, my husband and I both, full-time. 
Uh, my daughter goes to school. Uh, these people have no other commitments, so they do things at all hours of the day and night. Uh, at one point, we had them coming up over our fence at 11.30 at night while my husband was working nights. Uh, again, the police did nothing. Um, spotlights are shined in our bedroom windows. Uh, Easter day, they had uh, the music going all day uh, with the bass thumping. Uh, they had their vehicle actually run out of gas in front of our home. Um, you know, it's, it's to the point where we've had to invest a lot of money in a uh, full-fledged um, video security system in order to protect our home and prove the things that they've done. Uh, they've committed a hit and run on our neighbor's vehicle directly in front of the home. Uh, the police um, saw everything on video and had the parents call them and ask them to return. Uh, the police waited for 45 minutes. They refused to return to the scene of the crime. Um, you know, it's just frightening to know that they are on these type of heavy drugs and still driving a vehicle, uh, having a small child in the vehicle with them. Um, you know, it's cost us a lot of money out of pocket for the security system, plus the monitoring of it on a monthly basis. Um, you know, but we feel that unsafe. The police are not policing the situation. Uh, the only time that we see them is when we call them, which is making us look like the bad guys in the neighborhood. Um, the attitude that we're getting from the police when, when they do uh, arrive on scene is, is a little out of line, I'd say. Um, we had one officer stand in our kitchen one evening and uh, tell us that due to the area um, that we live in, that um, you know, it was becoming pretty petty, these phone calls that we were making to the police, and that he had other more important things to do. Um, really? Well, okay, so, we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about, you know, as you said, guns, uh, drugs, obviously. There, there's a small child involved in all of this. And yes, yet they don't, you don't get the sense that they feel this is, any of this is of concern? No, sir. We have contacted uh, Child Protective Services. Uh, once again, the attitude that I got from the gentleman on the phone there was, absolutely stunning um and it was attitude clear and simple uh like he was being asked to do his job and was resenting it um that was clearly the attitude that i got from him uh he wanted to know what proof and evidence i had i stated that i had you know several months worth of videotape footage um you know such as this little girl being out in minus 20 uh no boots no no gloves no coat on uh, the mother's out there uh, wearing nothing but a spaghetti strap tank top, uh, running shoes, no socks, uh, and minus 20. And they're living in the vehicle, minus 30. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he basically wanted me to investigate for him. Uh, that's not my job. I have a full-time job. Um, I'm reporting to you that, you know, I'm afraid of the safety of the child and got absolutely nowhere other than, you know, being given attitude. Uh, in fact, this weekend, things came to a bit of a head um, with them on Saturday. They're desperately spiraling out of control at a very frightening rate. Um, I called the kids' helpline, and uh, everything that I said to the lady, basically all she could say was, contact Child Protective Services and the police. And I told her I've, I've contacted the, both those agencies repeatedly on behalf of this small child. And she said, well, that's all that you can do. And I said, so basically you, you don't care. Her response was, well, no, but. Now, you've also reached out to your, your city councillor as well. What kind of a response yes, have you gotten from, from him? 
we've never heard from Giancarlo Cara personally, not one time. Uh, his assistants, Katie Hope and um, uh, Eric, have responded to us on several occasions uh, via email and by phone. Um, they stated that they've been trying to work with both bylaw, city bylaw, and um, Constable Cindy Robinson, who is our neighborhood police liaison officer, on our behalf. Uh, but again, nothing has happened. Um, considering that this began on January 27th, it's, it's been a long four months for us. Uh, you know, I, I get an, on average of three to four hours sleep a night. I stay up most nights till, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, uh, monitoring these people on our closed circuit um, security cameras. I shouldn't have to do that. It's not my job to police the neighborhood um, or the, you know, the play park. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, we're a bit shocked and very concerned that, you know, we've received no help. Right. But, I mean, um, it's not just you. As you say, others have been phoning police reporting the same kinds of things. Are, are they getting, are your neighbors getting the same kind of response that you are? Correct. Correct. Uh, in fact, my neighbor the other night called about the music and was told by the police uh, that they don't deal with that. Um, and that uh, they had better be careful because the threat of retaliation from this gentleman is very real. That's what she was told. Unreal. Well, Jenny, we appreciate you you sharing this with us, and uh, we'll, we'll see if, uh, I mean, if anything comes of this. But uh, we'll keep following the situation and uh, appreciate making some time for us here today. Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to mention one more time uh, just the safety of the kids is our main concern. Um, just because we live in Dover uh, does not mean that our children don't have the right to be in the play park and be safe in their own neighborhood. Um, people that live there, uh, they work and they pay taxes too. Indeed they do. Uh, right, well, all the best, Jenny, and, and we'll, we'll stay you. in touch. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. That's uh, Jennifer Crowhurst lives in Dover right next to the situation, and so that's what her day-to-day -day life has become since January. So a pretty awful situation. I can get with maybe some of these incidents where there's not a lot police can do. They're coming after the facts, et cetera. But then you think about some of them. I mean, first and foremost, uh, a handgun call. How are you not taking that seriously? Number two, someone's so wasted that they're passed out behind the wheel of a running vehicle. That seems like a pretty clear-cut case of impaired driving. Nothing. This whole mess last week in the park, nothing. Uh, and then where's child welfare? We got a young child caught up in all of this. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, look, it's, it's an awful situation to sympathize with the people in the neighborhood. Uh, but it's just, it, yeah, it's mystifying that there's not something more the, the police can do here. So like I say, we did reach out to the Calgary Police Service. I don't know if they can comment directly on any individual investigation, but just to get some understanding of what are you doing about this? Or why does it seem to people living there like you're just kind of throwing your hands up and saying you guys are on your own? Anyway, 403-974-TALK is our number here. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.